Welcome to the 30-Minute Hour. It's the personal development podcast for authors, entrepreneurs, and career professionals who are looking to level up and become unstoppable. I'm your host, Eric Twiggs, your procrastination prevention partner. Joining me as always, you know him as the super CEO, the business strategist extraordinaire, and all-around good guy, Ted Fells. Happy Thursday. That's right. Happy Thursday. I mean, I look happy Thursday, man. And I looked on my schedule, Eric, today because I I had something else to do today. And I looked on my schedule and I saw that there was a show at not even 730, like 715. And I, and I was just like, this must be a big deal. <laughs> we, we, we decided today we were going to start the show seven-ish. Right? Okay, okay. So you can do that. We, you know, you can do that. It's cool. Right. We figured we'd do something a little. We, we always say it's not your everyday podcast, right? This is definitely an example. Unfortunately, we didn't get a chance to warn our guest yet, but this is not your everyday podcast. No. No. no we, we do things a little different. You can definitely, today you can watch us live right here on Facebook. You can watch us live on YouTube. You can also watch us on Instagram, on our 30-minute hour Instagram page. And, and then later we'll record this or we'll edit it and all that good stuff. And you can watch it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all those places we would like to get your podcast. And hey, don't forget to share the show. Share the show. That's right. Share the show. Don't keep a great thing to yourself. Our goal is to help you to laugh, learn, and level up. And again, it's my hope we accomplish those things for you, but definitely make sure you share the show so the message gets out there. Um, I did want to tell you about our sponsor of the week. Uh, Our sponsor of the week this week. So, so folks, I'm finding out with you. (laughs) About who the sponsor of the week is. <laughs> hey, didn't we say it's not your everyday podcast? <laughs> so who's the sponsor of the week, Eric? All right. So our sponsor of the week is Genesis Amiris Kemp. Mm-hmm. Genesis is our sponsor of the week. Uh, shout out to her. Uh, make sure you go out and get her book, Chocolate Drop in Corporate America. Mm-hmm. It talks about diversity and inclusion opportunities and challenges in corporate America and what you can do um, to better position yourself. So whether you are an employee, whether you're someone who's a business owner, whether you're a leader, you can benefit from the message in her book. She gives some very interesting perspectives. Make sure you go pick the book up. It's Chocolate Drop in Corporate America. And then also make sure you check out her podcast, Gems with Genesis. Exactly. The full name is Gems with Genesis and Mary's Kemp. It's on all those places. Apple Podcasts, Spotify. It's also on YouTube. Make sure you check her out. She's a friend of the show. She's actually a previous guest of the 30-Minute Hour Podcast. Make sure you check her out. Check her podcast out. Get her book. She is the sponsor of the week. The sponsor of the week. Well, that's that's all right with me. I was because I was just wondering, you know, who you was just gonna bring in as a sponsor of the week if it was someone that I, you know, would have voted for. But it, it wouldn't matter because you, you already had the person as a sponsor of the week. So I'll, 
I'm okay with, with Genesis. She, she's great. Get her book. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, she really turned it out when she was on, uh, on with us. Don't forget about the What Now movement. Make sure you join the Facebook group. We've got excellent content, content in there. Uh, today's Thought Leadership Thursday. So definitely, this is the salute to the authors and the creators um, who really just get put their thoughts and content into the world. So make sure you join the What Now Movement Facebook group. Well, well also, so you said the authors and the creators, but those with biz- business vision, right? Oh, Somebody that's created a business idea or concept, or you got one that you're considering putting together. And then I think that's going to really tie to, to our guests, right? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, it takes, you know, it's interesting when you're trying to, and you and I, take, we talk about this from time to time, when you're, most, a lot of people can't deal with this idea of just taking an idea, something that's mm-hmm. not tangible, and mm-hmm. it's turning it into something that is a physical thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think that's that's something special about our guest today. But yeah, certainly that's all in the spirit of Thought Leadership Thursday as well. Uh, but Ted? Yes, sir. I got something that's on my mind. Please share. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about boosting your business from zero to eight figures. Yeah. Boosting your business from zero to eight figures. So, so back in the day, there was this popular TV show. And, and they went from zero to eight figures. Right? They, they used infomercials to attract their customers. So in three years, this show had aired over 12,000 episodes and it exceeded eight figures in revenue. Hmm. But four years later, the company ended up declaring bankruptcy. Hmm. They had like $26 million in liabilities, a million dollars in assets left. That's all they had. And it just blindsided everyone. Hmm. And they lacked foresight. They didn't see it coming. They weren't good at predicting the future. Oh, yeah. Um, there's something I forgot to mention. I forgot to mention the name of the show. The name of the show was the Psychic Friends Network. Well, but that's what they're supposed to do. Right. <laughs> you would think that the psychics would have seen this coming, right? <clears throat> but but here, here's where they went wrong. And, and this is the part of the show where you, we need your undivided attention. Right, we need your focus. We need you to pull over to the side of the road if you're driving. I know y'all listen to us and drive at the same time. We need your attention. Pull over to the side of the road. I know you're in the gym and you listen to us. This is the time to press pause on the treadmill. You know, I always get this part wrong, right? Because I'd be like, I'd be over here somewhere, but I gotta press to where the camera is. That's the first time I think I've ever done it right. All right. Brian, this is that time when you need to put the ham sandwich down. I don't care how good the sandwich is, it's hearty, it's got a lot of lettuce, cheese on it, mayonnaise, falling all off the side. This time you got to put it down because it's about to get good. Absolutely. Put that ham sandwich down. And, and so the question on the floor is, you know, where did they go wrong? Where did these psychics, where, where did they fail? What was the issue? Here it is. 
they failed to adjust to the change in trends. Mm. That's what did them in. They failed to adjust to the change in trends. And so based off of customer feedback back then, things were starting to trend towards like the lottery and romance and these other networks were changing their programming. But the psychics, they just kept doing the same thing, kept the focus on the psychics. They didn't see it coming, even though as a psychic, you should see things. <laughs> but, but they didn't adjust to the trends. And this is important because our guest today, uh, he boosted his business from zero to eight figures. And I think one of the things that he was able to do was adjust to the changing trends. Mm. You know, I think to me, he's very similar to Amazon. He's similar to Apple and Uber. Mm-hmm. Where they, and we'll talk about that. He, he adjusted to the trend. It's, it's brilliant, as a matter of fact. <laughs> All right, so let, let me go ahead and introduce him. There's a reason we bring somebody on here on a Thursday. Oh, we'll just we'll just bring anyone on uh, on the Thursday at, at seven fifteen. We 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 just squeeze squeeze them in. Yeah, I mean, if we if we're doing this thing seven ish on a Thursday, you know. This is going to be good. It's about to be good. But he's, the, he's the CEO and co-founder of GreenPal, an online marketplace that connects homeowners with local lawn care professionals. Now, GreenPal has been called the Uber for lawn care by Entrepreneur Magazine. has got over 200,000 active users, completing thousands of transactions per day. Mm. So before starting Green Pal, he founded Peachtree Inc., one of the largest landscaping landscaping companies in the state of Tennessee. He grew that to over ten million dollars a year in revenues, and wow. ultimately got acquired. He is somebody. So he's somebody. <laughs> yeah. But you want to be careful. You wouldn't. Be, you don't want to just bring him over your house if your lawn ain't. And be able to care for your lawn, though, because he's probably got an eye for that. He, he might not say anything, but while he's sitting in there, he's like, mm. <laughs> Those shrubs, those shrubs. <laughs> those weeds need attention. That's right. Those weeds need attention. That's right. But I got an app for you. Got an app for you. Please join me in welcoming to the 30-Minute Hour podcast, Brian Clayton. Uh, Eric, Ted, thanks for having me on. Great introduction. Welcome. Welcome. Oh, man, it is truly an honor to have you on the show. So let's get started. So you graduated from Middle Tennessee State University. That's right. Yeah, I graduated from MTSU in 2013. No, 2003. Uh, I, I actually mowed yards all through college, uh, all through high school and all through college. Uh, my dad forced me into business ownership on a hot summer day in the mid-90s, interrupted me playing Super Mario Kart, said, get off your ass, you got a gig, you're going to go mow the neighbor's yard. Made me go mow the neighbor's grass. And luckily he did because something about that stuck with me. I made 20 bucks and I thought, man, this is awesome. I just I can work an hour and make 20 bucks. And I don't have to hassle my parents for money anymore. And I, I just remember the first thing I did, like, after I mowed that yard was I made up a bunch of flyers and passed them all over the neighborhood. And by the end of that first summer, I had 20 customers. And I just kept mowing grass all through high school and and uh, and then all through college. And, and uh, when I was in college and business school, 
I was running a real business. I had like five employees and I'm in business school and I'm learning all this stuff in business school. And I'm like, that's not really how it is. I'm running a business. It's more like this. And so I, I had to make a decision when I graduated college. Was I going to go into the job market and take a pay cut or stick with this lawn care service? I was making pretty good money. And uh, I didn't really want to be a lawn guy my whole life. But I thought, well, you know what? This might be my my lane. This could be like business ownership could could be the thing for me to make something of myself. And because uh, I wasn't particularly talented at much anything else. And I wasn't the smartest guy. Still, still, I'm still not. Um, and I wasn't a great <laughs> student. I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to see where I can take this. And I took what I learned in school and applied it to a little business plan, made a business plan. And and over like a 10-year, 12-year period of time, I, I built that up little by little to over 150 employees, over $10 million a year in revenue, and ended up getting the business acquired by one of the largest landscaping companies in the United States, which doesn't happen very often in, in the landscaping industry. And uh, learned a lot. Learned a lot the hard way on how to get a business going, how to build a business from scratch, and, and how to work your way through kind of like the levels of doing that. And uh, after that, I retired. I was only like 33 years old, but I didn't have to work anymore. It was nice. And and I got bored. And I thought, well, what now? Well, I need to get back in the game. I'm wired to love the game. And so I, I thought, I, well, now I want to start an app. I want to start a software business. And uh, luckily, I didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't know how hard that was going to be. So it was kind of naivete as an asset almost. And two co-founders and I got started. We started working on it. And and here we are. We're eight years in. We're an eight-year overnight success doing $20 million a year in revenue. So it's, it's 21 years in one industry and I've kind of I've kind of stuck with stuck with it, and I've seen it from every angle you can see it from. And I think one thing I can boil it all down to is just consistency, like sticking it out, playing the long game, playing the long haul, and just not giving up, and learning from mistakes, and doing it long enough to where momentum and compound interest started to take hold is is kind of what's gotten me here. That's interesting. So you, when you're in college, you you weren't thinking that you would stay with the lawnmower or the moon lawn business you thought you'd be kind of doing more of a traditional but your plan was to be an entrepreneur either way yeah that made sense to me um running my own business made sense to me being in charge of my own destiny like clicked um being in charge of how much money i wanted to make how many hours i wanted to work how much effort i wanted to put in it just made resonated with me so i knew i wanted to be in business for myself at a very early age, and I guess I was lucky to be exposed to that. And it wasn't for my dad forcing me to start my first little business. I may not have ever been exposed to that. And so that clicked. Did I want to be a long guy? No. Uh, the advice, uh, follow your passion, and you'll never work a day in your whole life. I think that's bad advice because I've never been passionate about grass cutting. But I've, 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 I've made some, several hundred million dollars of revenue in the lawn mowing business. But I'm ne- I hate the smell of fresh cut grass. I never want to mow another yard for the rest of my life. Um, so I'm not passionate about grass cutting. I am passionate about winning. I'm passionate about creating something out of nothing and seeing it prosper. I'm, I'm passionate about helping my, my stakeholders and my employees and customers. That's fun to me. And so I think, I think like finding your passion and other things and, and like also the business, my business has always been my purpose my life's purpose. And so I think you can replace passion with purpose. Follow your purpose and you'll have a fulfilling life. I think a fulfilling life comes from purpose. 
And my business has always been the thing that's given me purpose. And that's what's gotten me through a lot of the low points in the last 20 years. And there always will be low points. And, and, and the business being the reason why I get out of bed in the morning, the reason why it matters to get out of bed in the morning, the reason why it matters to read books and watch podcasts like this one and learn more and, and grow more and, 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 and acquire more knowledge is, is because it's important that I do that. The business is the purpose, the reason why I do that. That to me is is what's gotten me through the, the the low points. What's gotten me where I am today, and what will continue to drive me forward. No, that's awesome. So, so if you could go back to your to your college, Middle Tennessee State, and talk to the graduating seniors based off of your experiences, uh, what advice would you give them? Get in the game. You know. If, if, if you have, if you think you want to start a business, you think entrepreneurship's for you, you think you want to be a founder, get in the game. Whatever the, the distance between you and, and running your business is, close that gap. That, that running your own business can be one of the best things you do with your life. And I don't mean like as a way to get rich, as a way to get wealthy. Yeah, that matters. I mean, if we're all honest with ourselves, that we're all driven for monetary reasons. But running and growing a business can be one of the most fulfilling things you can do with your life. It can, it can cause your life to be interesting. Um, if you look at your life in the context of a story, in the context of a movie, and you're the main character, you're the hero, there's ups and downs, and like there's all of these high points and low points. Like Your business can be the thing that lends an interesting storyline to your life uh, versus like spending 20 years in a cubicle somewhere like your business can, can lend an interesting storyline to your life. And so that would be the thing that, that I would tell like my younger self, or I would tell people who, who, who are young, who are considering this, this path in life, that it can be the thing that causes your life to be interesting. Hmm. Okay. You want an interesting life. Yeah. It's something for you. <laughs> yeah. It's not all about money. Money and money's no. half of it. And a lot of people want to want to be, or, Oh, it's not about the money. It is about the money. No, it's it's let let's get this money and let's have purpose in life. It's both. It's and. Let's do both. Like let's 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 have a successful, profitable business so we can reinvest that money into growing a bigger, better business, hire more people, give more people opportunity, create more opportunities for people that work for us, create a better experience for our customers. Let's make some money and also. This is about our life's purpose. This is why we get out of bed in the morning. It's both. It's not or. It's 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 and. It's both of those things. You know. You know. It's interesting to say that, Brian. You know, a lot of times, you know, these weeks when it's like Monday, right? And you're like, oh man, it's Monday. But then when you really think about it, when you're a business owner, you're like, I don't have to go in if I don't want to. No. Right. You don't. But it's my thing, so I I go in there and. You know, I get, I get to it, right? I mean, it's something right. that you, you, like you said, it's a, it's a, it's a purpose. It's that, you know, it's that, uh, it's that, that game you just can't put down. Every day's Monday when you're a business owner. That's it. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's it. That's funny you said it. You have people sometimes like, oh, it's the weekend. You're working. It's, it's Saturday. What? Listen, yeah, it, 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 it never, it never goes to sleep. It, it's going to require that of you. And, and, and one of the reasons I, I've kind of made sense of this is like as a business owner, you're going to be working in your business. So you're going to be doing all of this stuff to make it work. You know, in my case, it's like, you know, we're in the lawn care service industry. It's, it's making sure the trains run on time. It's making sure every, the customers are happy. It's making sure that things are working. It's working in the business. And then you're going to work on the business. You're going to be working on systems, processes, strategy, 
culture, all these things that are high leverage, that, that, are, that are strategic in nature, work on the business. And then you're going to work on yourself. You have mm. to learn all of these things. You have to read books. You have to watch conferences or go to conferences. You have to listen to podcasts like this one. You have to work on yourself because none of us are born with these skills that we need to run a successful business. We got to learn this stuff. And and that's one of the cool things about running a business is that it's going to require you to do that. It's going to require you to level up. At least it has for me. Every three to four years running a company, I completely evolve as as a whole new person. Not the same person I was two or three years ago because the company required me to become a better manager, better leader, study things like data analysis, which I hate. I hate spreadsheets. I hate graphs. But I got to learn like a little bit um, (laughs) to to be good at it. And it's like the business forced me to do that. And so that's one of the cool things about it. It's like you're going to work on yourself. You're going to become a smarter, more humble, wiser person. That's one of the cool things about business that I love. Wow. Man, those three points there, Eric. That's 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 big right there. Working in the business, on the business, and on yourself. That's why it's seven days a week. That's why your yeah. friends are asking you, why are you working on this on Saturday or on Sunday? There ain't enough hours. I gotta yeah. do all three of these things. Wow. That's good stuff there. I think the key is you have to work on yourself. I think that takes it takes a level of humility. It takes you understanding that you don't know everything and there's always more to learn even oh, as you're starting to do well you still have to have that mindset like okay i need to keep working on myself one of the most humbling things you can do with your life is start a business mm. doesn't care who you are the marketplace does not care who you are where you come from what's your socioeconomic background where you went to school did you raise money did you not uh it don't we don't care mm. the marketplace does not care it's going to tell you exactly what you need to hear and exactly where you suck and exactly what you need to work on. And that's like, it's the most humbling thing you can do with your life. I mean, listen, when I started, when I started Green Pal, you know, I here, I thought I was some big dog, just, just built and sold a business. And, and now here I am starting to starting from scratch again. Would you please use my app for your $27 lawn mowing, please? Like friends that I had had for life wouldn't use it. Um, my right. mom, my own mom wouldn't use the app. She's like, I like my lawn guy. I know, but will you please use the app? I need you to use that. No, I don't want. To, I, I like my lawn guy. And so, you know, one of the most humbling things you can do with your life is start a business because it's just going to require that of you. And and you know, it's just like, man, I I, I don't look. I look back. I'm grateful for it. Wow. So you started this company out of college. And how long would you say it took you to get to the point where you feel like you had, you felt like you had momentum? You know, it's, it's on the one hand, when things are starting to work, you, you do want to look back and say, wow, look how far I've come. And then on the other hand, it's like the, like the Jeff Bezos quote, it's always day one. Like it never feels like things are working. It never feels like it never, like things are working, but not like you want them to. So on the one hand, like you can, you can look back and say, yeah, it's click, it's working and I can like take some time off. And on the other hand, it's like, man, no, we should be double this. So for me, you know, with my lawn, with my first lawn business, golly, man, the first five, six years were just like organized chaos getting that business. So it never felt, it never felt smooth until probably year eight or nine when I finally was able to hire an operations manager. I finally had a sales manager. 
I finally had a, a, a HR person. I finally had like I had a team around me, and it took took me like eight or nine years to get to that point. And and it was just me and like you know wearing all these different hats and doing these things to the best of my ability while like juggling all these balls while trying to build the revenue to to uh, to, to hire the, the right people in these right roles. So first business eight nine years. Second business probably wasn't until year five, and uh, and 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 the first four years of starting Green Power were really tough because when I was starting Green Power, we were we were inventing a brand new product that did not yet exist. And so, like, there was no roadmap. We kind of had to make it up as we went. So that was one of the hard things about it. Um, and, but you look for little glimmers of hope. Like, I remember there was one Saturday in year two, my two co-founders and I were working on, on the project on a Saturday like we always did. And I remember, like, something like 25 people signed up for the product, and I mm. didn't know who any of them were. That was wow. a big moment. Now, now we have, like, 2,000 people a day sign up. But back then, it was 20, 20 people and I didn't know who any of them were. It was a big moment because up until then, it was very much like hand-to-hand combat, trying to get the word out, cold calling, passing out flyers, doing a lot of this guerrilla marketing stuff to try to hustle up uh, you know, a few hundred or a thousand people. And so I figured, okay, the stuff that we were doing to acquire users was working, and all it took was 20 people I didn't know on a Saturday that let me know that this thing was going to work. That's working. Wow. Yeah, you just said something that I think can help some people. I mean, you said it took, got you to year eight, to year eight and nine when you really started to see things working. And the second business, it was up, wasn't until year five. So, so you have so, someone that's watching us who may be in year one or two, and you feel frustrated, you feel stuck, you feel like giving up. You could be giving up on a t- on a eight figure business. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so a couple things. There are no overnight successes. There just aren't. Um, what looks like an overnight success usually isn't. And so a lot of times you'll see some something in the business press or tech press where it's like so-and-so just sold for $100 million or this company raised $50 million, or this company just IPO'd at $2 billion. And you're like, damn, they did that in three years? And then you really look at it and it's like, no, actually, they operated under this different name for like five years mm-hmm. before that mm-hmm. or, or whatever. Or a lot of times it's this, like that founder crashed and burned on two or three other businesses before they started this one. And so they mm-hmm. were able to apply all of that knowledge onto this thing that like this broke out really quickly. They they came to the, like the, 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 the starting line with, with eight or nine years of of experiential wisdom mm-hmm. of failure. And that's, that's usually what happens. And so it's never, you're never looking at three or four years. You're always looking at like at least five, maybe 10, 15, 20 years. And they've applied all of that uh, into this thing. Like Uber, for example, Uber broke out in like two or three years. And like Travis Kalanick, the, the CEO founder of that company, had been in the game for like 15 years before that, already wow. sold two other companies, already failed at one other one, huge $10 million failure. And like he applied all of that to Uber. So, so like there's always, you're always looking at like the tip of what's usually a decade or more of experience. And, and so that's the thing. It's like these things take time, but on mm. the other hand, don't, don't just get seduced by the fake work. And don't get seduced by the trust the process crowd. This trust, the, this trust, I'm doing quotes, trust the process crowd will have you believe that all you got to do is just sit back and chill out for five years and manifest it and it'll happen. That's not true. 
So it's, mm. so it's like it's it's both. It's yes, these things take time, but you got to map this stuff out almost like a video game. Like you got to literally lay it out in ten levels, and you got to grind out every level at a time, and hold yourself accountable to get through that level and get get it done, and then get to the next level. So level one might be, you know, I need my first two hundred fifty customers and my first twenty five hundred dollars a month in revenue, and I'm not in the game until I get that. And it's whatever it takes, get through level one. Level two might be 500K in revenue or 200K in revenue, whatever it is. Do everything you can do to get through that level. Don't worry about anything else until you get through that level. And that helps you be held accountable to keep momentum, keep progress going. So you're not in like the manifest, trust the process crowd, but you're also not in the crowd that's just sitting here thinking it's going to happen overnight. It's, it's mm-hmm. a balance of both. Now, I agree 100%. You know, like, it's something I was uh, talking to somebody. I, I was telling them about this thing of this idea of aggressive patience. Right? <laughs> so you've got to go after it. You've got to be focused. You've got to be making things happen. But at the same time, you have to recognize that it is, it does take time. Yeah. It's not it going to happen tonight. It's going to take time. You know, entrepreneurship's full of all of these dichotomies, and one of them is like you got to have this huge goal, huge, huge goal, and it might be million dollar, ten million, hundred million dollar company, whatever it is, big goal. And then you also have to think and act very, very small. Like you have mm. to like work really, really small over and over and over again for a long time to build up that compound interest so that thing becomes big. And so you kind of have to do both. You have to have the big strategy, the big goals, but you also have to think and act very small. Problem is, is a lot, especially these younger entrepreneurs, they don't want to be seen at the bottom. They don't want to be seen doing the the stuff that, that, that isn't glamorous that nobody else wants to do. And and there is no shortcut for that. You're going to have to do it. Um, And, you know, for tech startups, this means like, you know, you can't just sit behind your computer and like write code all day or, or, or write blog posts all day. You got to get out of the building. You got to like, you got to do some hand to hand combat. You're going to have to fit, you're going to have to get into the real world and hand crank some of this stuff to get mm. through like this metaphorical level one that I've, that I've, I've brought up. You're going to have to hustle your way through the first few levels. There's, there's no, there's no shortcut for that. No, that, that that's great advice. Hey, so you mentioned earlier, you started talking about there's, there's low points. Can you share one of your low moments? Because I don't want, want people to think it, it's all rosy. You know, they see yeah, yeah. Got a ten million dollar plus business. A lot of low points, man. Um, first for in, in my, you know, everything from like key employees quitting on me at times when I really, 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 really needed them, just leaving me out to dry. You know, like having to work through that. Um, but one really low point uh, running the first business. Uh, probably had a hundred employees and, and it was during the 2008 financial crisis and payroll was like a hundred and something like $112,000 a week. And it was Sunday night and I had $17,000 in the bank. Payroll was due on Monday morning. So here I am, I got like an $80,000 shortfall. And so it was a really, really tough point running that business. I had to like tell every, bring everybody together and like tell me, listen, we're not going to make, we're not going to make payroll this week. I promise I'll make everybody whole. Here's my plan. It's going to take me a month to get back on top. Uh, it's going to take, it's going to, and I will promise, I will pay everybody every dime they're owed, but this is the situation. Here's the mistakes I made that got us here. I was just very like open about it. And, uh, and, and if anybody doesn't want to stay, I understand every, and, and man, like it was a tough thing that we got through. Everybody ended up staying. We ended up getting through it. And it was one of those things like, 
looking back, I was glad it did happen. Like it didn't happen to mm-hmm. me. It, it happened for me as the founder. It happened for me because it was like a, a moment of clarity. It was a wake up call. It was a forcing function that caused me to kind of like take the business back down to its studs and rebuild it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was, a, it was a good thing in the end. And, and, a, and a lot of times bad things that happen to you in life and business, you'll look back five or 10 years later and be glad they happened. And mm. that was certainly one of them. So that was, that was a tough one. You know, with green pal, there's, there's been, there's been a lot of tough ones. Um, there was a time in like year three where the site went down for a day and we, nobody, we never, we didn't know. And nobody told us <laughs> so I was wow. like, like, damn, the site's been down all day and nobody cared. No wonder we didn't get any kids. That was a punch in the stomach, man. Wow. Um, and, and, you know, it's like, you just, you just, you, you, entrepreneurship is like going from failure to failure without a loss of enthusiasm. You know, you just keep going. You just keep going. You learn, you, you, you rinse and repeat and just keep moving forward. That's the only way to do it. Yeah, that's great. So, so let's talk about Green Pal. This fascinates me. So it's, it's like an Uber model for landscaping and lawn care. Talk that's about right. How- Talk about exactly how it works. I just think this is the greatest thing. Yeah, so it's a it's an app and website that connects homeowners with with local lawn care services. So if you're a homeowner, you need to get your grass cut rather than calling around on Craigslist or Facebook or Yelp or asking friends and family for recommendations. You just download our app and you'll pop your address in. You'll get four or five quotes back in less than a minute or two. You can read reviews and hire the contractor you want to work with. You get the pricing, everything back in minutes. You hire who you want to work with. They come out and mow the yard for you. Um, they upload a picture of the completed work. You approve it. If everything went well and you like their job, you can just book them for the whole season. And it just happens like magic. You don't have to worry about scheduling them. You don't have to worry about mailing them a check or anything like that. It just happens. For the lawn care service, it's really kind of like a business in a box. It's everything from getting new customers to organizing your route to getting paid on time to marketing automation, you know, upselling additional services and ongoing services. So it's really everything key that lawn care services need to run their whole business. And that's really who we really are, really why we do what we do. We, we want to offer anybody that's willing to work hard an opportunity to grow a successful lawn mowing business on top of our platform. Because if these, wow. if these folks win, we win. And so that's, that's how we look at it. You know, that's, yeah, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. I have a good friend of mine and we're, like I guess you know, probably like in co- in, our, in college, and he started his own lawn care business, right? And he was out there, and man, he just started getting a lot of clients, and things was picking up, and he was just totally overwhelmed. That's right. Yeah, if something like this was in place then. Man, that could have really been helpful. The, the 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 challenge of running your own lawn mowing business is. You have to be good at all this stuff. You got to be good at getting new customers, getting the work done, scheduling it, doing all the bookkeeping, mailing out all the invoices, making sure everybody's getting paid, and 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 then accounting for your time, making sure you're making money. We try to make their life as simple as possible, to where all they have to do is just do a good job for their clientele when when they're supposed to be there, and just handle all that for them, to almost where it's like a business in a box and they don't have to do any of that stuff. They can spend nights and weekends with their family uh, or doing what they want to do. They don't have to spend it like doing bookkeeping, mailing out flyers or mailing out invoices. Wow. Eric, you and I are about to get out here and start doing a little bit of lawn care. Now, <laughs> now I'm going to let you cut the grass. I'm going to be working with Brian. I'm going to talk to Brian. Come up with strategy and all. 
Get you one of those push, those push lawnmowers. <laughs> cool hey, that's where I started. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I, I can yeah. see me doing the riding lawnmower. It's some little tiny yard. Yeah. <laughs> riding around this little circle. Yeah. That's right. That's but, awesome. And the service is nationwide. It's nationwide. We spent four years just in Nashville, Tennessee, trying to figure out how do we build the app to where it satisfies the, the wants and needs of both sides that really have two customers. And so homeowners have all these things they want. Contractors have all these things they want. So we have to, we have to like balance those two over a long period of time and figure out how do we orchestrate like the delicate balance. It took us a long time. The, what, what got us through that was just focus. We focused just on one city, one, one area, one, one set of users, and really just kind of like experimented our way into a product that worked. And then once we figured out it was working, we then started moving into other cities and had to really build every city from the ground up. Uh, every city in town had to be like marketed and built fr- from, from scratch. And so it took us a while, but now we're nationwide. Wow. But it sounds like you you studied kind of consumer trends and saw that people were looking they're looking for convenience. Yeah, it was two things. One was running my own landscaping company. I saw this every day. Um, as my company got bigger, my, my landscaping company, we no longer did residential work. We had, you know, 90 trucks going out every day. And we were doing big commercial jobs, airports, com- like office complexes, restaurants, banks, things like that. We no longer did the basic $28 lawn mowing. This wasn't profitable for us. But something like 40 or 50 people a day would call my office and, hey, will you come cut my grass? And like, well, no, we don't really do that anymore. But And so what we do, one of the values we had running that business was to always be helpful. And so we would keep a list of names and uh, name and phone numbers of people that that of, lo- of local lawn care services that did do that small those small jobs. Mm-hmm. We, we would refer those numbers out, and uh, and then so the person would oh thank you so much. And then sure enough, the next day, hey, uh, I try I called all those people and like one called me back and one promised to come do the job, but they never came out. And like, do you have any more names and numbers? And so it was like no good deed yeah. goes unpunished. But I saw this every day where there was a big disconnect between your smaller contractors who wanted those small jobs and homeowners that needed those small jobs to get done. And so I thought an app needs to exist to connect these two. Then I'm seeing what, you know, Lyft, Uber, Airbnb, uh, even DoorDash at the time were, were doing connecting uh, consumers with, with, with gigsters and, mm-hmm. and, and, and suppliers. And I thought, okay, yeah, this is going to work. It's only a matter of time. Let's just stick with it. Let's dedicate a, a, literally a decade to this thing. Wow. And uh, that, that's so it was, a, it was a combination of my own experience, which I think can be helpful for anybody starting a business. Is like just solve your own problem, which is what I was doing. And then observing consumer trends and observing mm-hmm. like, like a, t- a change in, in the expectations that the consumer it was, was getting. And I thought, yeah, this has to exist. There's just, this is, it's, it's going to work. Wow. So, so you built, you're one of the few people on the planet that can say they built two eight figure companies from scratch. Yeah. Well, I don't, there's a, there's a lot of successful entrepreneurs that have done that, but I'm one of the few that has done the blue collar side and learned how to code. And so that's one of the unique things about me is, you know, 
if you need my if you need me to change your transmission and you're at Ford F two fifty, I can do it. Uh, if if you need me to get under the hood of your website and figure out why there's a bug on there, I can do that too. So that's one of the unique things about me is that I ran a blue collar business for so long. Um, very, very, very hand-to-hand combat in the trenches. And then I kind of had to reinvent myself as a tech entrepreneur. That took like two or three years and uh, did that twice and, and built two eight-figure businesses doing that. And that's one of the things I guess I'm proudest of most is was that evolution to go from blue-collar entrepreneur to tech entrepreneur. Wow. So, so when you were just starting out, I'm sure there had to be a time you saw yourself being really successful, right? You, you had this vision of yourself. So now you're walking in that vision. Is it what you thought it would be? Yeah, there's, there's been moments of that over the last 20 years. Um, my first company, you know, I, I, I was doing really well running that business, making really good profit. And and no, it, ne- it doesn't. It never feels like you think it would be. Matter of fact, it's always like, what's the next level? Like, I need the next level. What's the next mm-hmm. thing? And so the business kind of like does that, keeps you driving forward. In fact, that was one of the reasons why I sold that first business, because I was plateauing personally. Uh, uh, my growth was plateauing and I felt it. And I thought, wow, you know, I need to I need to I need to move on to the next thing. And so that was the kind of the thing that caused me to explore selling it with Green Pal. You know, every year is a new set of challenges. Every level is a new set of challenges. The new final boss at the end of every level. And so I've never, never felt that. And I have never felt like we've made it. Um, because we still have so much further to go. Yeah, the business is a lot more fun to run now than it was eight years ago. You know, we got a team of about 35 people and all of them are smarter than me in some way. And so it's a lot more fun to run this business now than it was five or five or six or seven years ago. But we still have a long, long, long way to go. It's a, it's a $90 billion industry. Um, and we, we constitute like less than 0.01% of that. So we have a long, long way to go. It very much feels like day one. And I'm going to keep running this business so long as I keep having fun doing it. Wow. And what's next on the horizon for you? For me, you know, it's, it's getting this business from 20 million to hundred million and that's doable. And then once I get to hundred million, maybe get it to 200, maybe get to 500, maybe get it to a billion. I don't know. Um, what I do know is, is like every one of these companies goes through three phases. It's like there's the startup, there's the grow up, and then there's the scale up. So the startup is like, man, well, let's just get a product that works. Let's get let's get what they call product market fit, meaning like people want to use it, they keep using it, and let's just figure that out. And we got mm-hmm. past that we got past that phase. And then there's the grow up, which is like let's get a good team going, let's get profitable. Let's maybe get to seven or eight figures. Let's get a real business underneath us. That's that's the girl. And that's where we're at. Then there's the scale up. And that's like executives hiring people who are hiring people, corporate culture, processes, legal, HR. You know, we're going to take this thing public. None of that really appeals to me. And so, like, I don't think I'm going to be good at that phase. I'm pretty good at startup and the girl up. But I think once we start getting up to scale up territory, I'll, I'll either turn over the reins to a professional CEO that's good at that stuff. And so that's what the next five years looks like for me, getting it to a point where I, quite frankly, outgrow what I'm good at and what I like to do and get somebody in that role that, that is good at it. And who knows, maybe I'll evolve and maybe I'll level up. But, but as of right now, I don't really have the appetite to do that phase of it. So that's like what the next five some odd years looks like. That's, that's interesting, Eric. I don't know if you heard him. He said, 
he'll get a professional CEO at that point. Like, get some, like, adult, like, like, get some adult supervision up in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, like when it's no more fun for you, like when you're not doing the stuff that you really want to do and right. you got to be this other person, right. you know, because it's just interesting. Just listen, it's just interesting just listening to you, man, because it's like, you know, with your success, but you just sound like an everyday guy talking about the stuff and you <laughs> make it so, and you make it so, you know, easy to listen to, you know, with your, you know, start up, grow up, scale up. I'm like, man, this is something right here. This is like everything that you, you learn to, you know, teach in a business class. Well, I, man, I really appreciate that. Cause that's, that's really, I, I guess if, if anybody listens to any interview I've ever done, they, they take away that if this guy can do it, I can do it. That's what I want everybody to understand that I don't have any special talents. I don't have any special skills. I'm not super smart. I'm just a dude that picked a couple of things and just worked my butt off in them for, for five and 10 and 20 years. And just didn't give up. Mm-hmm. Man, Eric, I'm, I'm, I'm Eric. I'm really glad you, you sent that link out today, man, for the day. Cause I was really upset with you when, cause I was going to go home. I was in my office and working all day. Came in, I was going home and I looked and I'm like, man, you got a podcast with Brian Clay. Man, this is good. <laughs> Ryan, this is good. This is worth standing off a little longer, man. This hey, is good. man, I'm good glad. Stuff. I'm glad because I know how that, I know that feeling. Like I just want to be oh, home. Now oh, I got to talk man. to this guy. <laughs> oh, who's this guy? This guy's got some good stuff, man. This is great. Right on. I'm glad. I'm glad I made it. I'm glad I made it worth your while. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. I mean, this is like an entrepreneurial masterclass. <laughs> <laughs> right. Really. <laughs> I haven't said anything that everybody doesn't already know. You know, a lot of this stuff is just fundamentals. A lot of this stuff is principles. I read a, I read a book one time about this guy who was a professional coach and he was a professional like high school coach. And he, and he, and he asked Kobe Bryant if he could watch him practice. And he's like, sure, you can watch me practice. And so he's sitting there 45 minutes watching Kobe Bryant practice. And all Kobe is doing is like the most easiest basic layups. Over and over and over again. And he's wow. like, he's expecting him to do some 360 moves and all kinds of crazy jump. No, no, it was just like he practiced layups for like 45 minutes straight. And he's like, man, you know, I mean, why are you practicing this, this, these fundamentals? He goes, why do you think I'm the best in the world? And, and so I think, I think that applies to business, man. I don't think there's any like one magical like move on the chessboard that wins the game. I think it's it's fundamentals over a long period of time and, and they begin to compound. At least that's the way it's been for me for 20 years. Once again, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I've heard similar stories about Michael Jordan. Yeah. Same thing. He's doing, you know, he's doing chest passes and like a lot of basic things. You, yeah. You think he'd be doing 360 windmills in practice. That's not what he's doing. <laughs> see, that's, see, that's for the videos and stuff. That's for ESPN. This right here is getting the basics down. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Uh, uh, good stuff. So it is now time for us to go around the horn. This is the part of the program where we each leave that closing thought to help people to become unstoppable. So, Brian, I mean, you've dropped so many nuggets already. You're, you're the guest of honor. Can you leave us with that, that parting thought? Oh, I don't even want to follow this. I just know, Brian. This uh, man, you, oh. you know, um, I think I think when you're thinking about business, you're thinking about life, you're thinking about your goals. Like, I think a little bit of, I think a little bit of, like, paranoia is good. Like, mm-hmm. get scared. Get, get scared that the time is going to go by and you're not going to have anything to show for it. And like in five years, you will arrive. The only question is where, 
and your business, you know, what that you pour your soul into can be the thing that, that creates that story and, and changes that destination for you. So, so like you get started today, five years from now, you could be in a totally different place, totally different world, totally different level in life because of your business, because of the energy you poured into that business. So it's like five years from now, you're going to arrive. Where is it? The business can be the answer to that question. Fantastic. Man, this right here, man. This is this is tough, man. So I mean I've just been writing all these notes and stuff. Like I don't even got a business, man. I've been writing notes down. Like, I've been in business long, man. This is a good, you know, but just the way you're breaking this stuff down, you know, I I think, you know, my thoughts on this is this has just been like the it was a movie. It was kind of the good, the bad, and the ugly. Right? Like that's what you gave us today, the good, the bad, the ugly, and and, and and if you want a business, okay, yeah, you, you know, you thought about it, like you said some things to make somebody be like, yeah, I want that. And then you also said some things when some people are like, no, no, I don't, I don't want that. I don't want that. That's right. 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 For so everybody. <laughs> are you, are you about this life? Are you built for this? Right. Like that's really what you're saying right here. Yeah. The, you know, you know, 20 million, 10 million a year. Yep. I'm for that. Yeah. You know, I work on a Saturday. Okay, I can you know I can work a Saturday here and there, but not all the time. Um, the payroll is short, and you got to go to a bunch of people and tell them that have been working. See, that's the thing people have to realize with payroll, right? It's not the it's after the, it's after they've been working. Like yeah. they've already worked, already done the work, and they got bills, and they got bills, yeah. and then they got somebody, someone else in the house that they're gonna have to go say, Brian ain't got my money. And Brian, has to, and Brian has to go and say that to the team and, you know, are you about that life? Right. Because it will happen. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's really what this is. It's really, are, you know, are you made for this? And I just I think you just did such an awesome job of just showing the, the good, the bad and the ugly in this and breaking this down in a way in which it was understandable for anyone. Like, I mean, I mean a, a, a young kid could hear this and, and, and get it. Right. Right. So, yeah, man. So I just think it was uh, great. And, you know, we just appreciate you being here, man. Just a, just awesome, awesome guest. And I'm, I'm glad I didn't go home today and I did stay in here because I thought about it. I thought, well, I'm going to do this himself. Or he's going to be putting podcasts at seven ish on a Thursday, working hard all day, been up four o'clock in one hour. But I'm glad I stayed, man. This is great. Well, thanks, Ted. I appreciate that. Yeah. And, and so, Brian, you see what I got to work with here. It's <laughs> a good yin and yang. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So, so as far as my uh, my closing thought, the Marines, they have this saying that everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Yeah. Right? So like, everybody everybody wants a $10 million business, right? Mm-hmm. If we, said, we had a room full of people, we said, hey, raise your hand if you want a $10 million business. I mean, everybody. Okay, okay, now. Raise your hand if you want to have seventeen thousand dollars in the bank and payroll a hundred thousand dollars. No hands going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of here. Yeah. I'm out. It's gonna happen. That's it. <laughs> but you know, but the, but the key is, I think you have to be willing to to go through what it takes to get mm-hmm. to the other side and not give up. Right, and not give up. And I think when you make it to the other side, now your position. That's why Brian can talk to us, you know, in such a basic common sense way about these things because he's been through it. 
you know, and, and it resonates with people because he's been through it. He came out on the other side, so he knows what it takes. But I, I just think that's key, and you just have to understand that you do have to go through to, to get to where you're trying to go. Hmm. I appreciate that, Eric. Those are those are those are kind words, and and I try to, you know, I'm not a smart guy, and I hope it, and I hope it, my common sense and practical. Uh, tone comes through and it helps people get confidence. So like, if this guy can do it, I know I can do it. And that, that's mm-hmm. what I, I, maybe hopefully we inspired one person to start their business today. Absolutely. Or, or, or to stay in it. Yeah. Right. Right. It that's, the, that's the other thing. Stick it out. Yeah. I'm telling you, there's somebody that is in year two and they just fed up, frustrated, going through the payroll thing. But I think they heard you and they're like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna do. I'm. I'm gonna get my employees together. I'm gonna talk to them like Brian did, and we're gonna make it. We'll be okay. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, th- this has been an awesome episode. So, Brian, can you please uh, tell the people how they can connect with you? Yeah. So, anybody who doesn't want to waste time cutting their own grass, just download Green Pal in the App Store or Play Store. Uh, anybody who wants to get at me, I put all of my effort into Instagram. So you can hit me up there. Just drop me a follow. I'll follow you back. Drop me a DM. My Instagram is Brian M. Clayton. All right. Brian M. Clayton. Fantastic. Brian's so cool and laid back at the Brian's book. Man, just give me a call. Like, here's my number. Just, <laughs> just give me a call. Just come over. Have a beer. I mean, that's it. A... Right on. <laughs> Man. Good stuff. So we, we told we told the people, Ted, this is not your everyday podcast. Man. Man, you need to you need to hear this, boy. You missed this one. I'm telling you, you go ahead and rewind and listen to all the stuff that Brian shared with us. Certainly want to thank him for sharing what he shared. Again, make sure you share the show. Speaking of sharing. Share the show. That's right, people. Share the show. Share the show. <laughs> Share the show. Hopefully we made you laugh, learn, and level up. Uh, and don't forget, you can listen to this again on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and any of those other places. This has been an awesome episode. Thank you again, Brian Clayton. Man. Eric, uh, thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. Man, man, we got to get you back. What you doing tomorrow? Let's do it. <laughs> what we'll do is uh, in, in, a, in a year, in a, in a year or two, when we when we bust hundred million, I'll come back on and tell y'all about it. You heard heard it here first. We're gonna be trying to call. We're talking about it like the done deal. It's gonna happen. We're gonna be trying to call Brian. Brian, we're gonna be hitting him on Instagram. Brian's like, man, I'm doing 100 million now. I ain't coming back one day. I'm full with y'all. I'm doing 100 million. I'm coming coming back on. So let me get it done first. That's right. (laughs) We're gonna hold you to it. Fantastic. All right, everybody. Until next time, have a great one.